Welcome to Between Ourselves, a series of podcast episodes of conversations between black women on different themes pertinent to us. My name is Sakai McConey and I'm the host but also a participant in these conversations. I have studied issues of race and gender academically and I'm particularly interested in bringing black women's voices to the fore. So let's get started. Through this episode, Blackness in Europe, I want to think about the ways that black women experience their identities in different European countries. We will be focusing on Britain, France and Germany. I'll be providing the black British perspective, Ella Achola, the Afro-German and Nadia Epe, the black French. Ella Achola is the founder and editor of the Anti Woman Collective, a black feminist organization based here in the UK. She was born in Germany, but now resides in London as she came here to study at SOAS. Welcome, Ella. And we also have Nadia, who was born in Cameroon and moved to France aged two. Um, she has lived most of her life in France and recently moved to the UK to pursue a career in marketing and communications. So welcome, Nadia. Um, first of all, I thought it would be really good to think about terminology because that's always an issue around identity. Um, for the purposes of this discussion, I've positioned myself as black British, but that isn't a term I tend to call myself generally. I'd say I'm half Zimbabwean, quarter Scottish and a quarter American, but grew up in the UK. Or I'm mixed, but politically identify as black. So identity is always complex and you can occupy different elements of it depending on your location and who you're speaking to. So I'm wondering for you two, if or how do you relate to the terms Afro-German or Black French, respectively? So who'd like to go first? Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to go first, Nadia. Um, well, I think the, the, the term Black French makes sense, and especially now that I'm in the UK. But the funny thing is that in France, I don't really consider myself as a black French, more maybe as a black of France. Um, what I, I need to underline is that I, am, I have got African roots. So first of all, I'm totally different from another black in France who would come from West Indies, for instance. The story is absolutely not the same. Mm -hmm. Moreover, I was born in Cameroon, which makes that I still have those African roots really deep inside me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would consider myself as a black of France and I like to call myself a black Parisian because mm -hmm. actually this is really where my culture or my identity has been built, mm -hmm. the way it has been built. Is it dependent on the city that you're from that you you would identify as? Is that a French thing in general? It's not in general. It's really something personal. Uh -huh. uh, because Maybe because my history is different. Like mm -hmm. you said, I was born in Cameroon, moved to France at the age of two. So yes, today I'm a French citizen. Mm. But I was born Cameroonese, so... Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I just identify myself to Paris because this is where I grew up. This is, I think, the city that really made the yeah. person I am today. I know a little bit of France, but did not travel a lot in France. And as soon as I can travel out of France, I will. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Paris is my city. Mm -hmm. French is my nationality. Mm -hmm. But I'm uh, Afro-Parisian and I'm a black of France. And now I'm a French because I'm abroad. So. Uh -huh. Brilliant. And Ella, what about you? Do you use the term Afro-German? Um, so I do use it since oh, for the past year or so. So before that, I used to just identify as black because the terms were mixed race. 
in German are quite offensive. So it's like you're a mulatto or you're a mongrel. So that was never something I would call myself. So um, I then came to London and realized that, you know, with political blackness and who is black and mixed race, it's all a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. So um, I wasn't really calling myself anything for a while because I didn't really find something that I was comfortable with. And then about a year ago, I stumbled across the word Afro-German which had been a very negative uh, term in my household. So it was always like confused mixed race children who don't mm. really know where they belong. Um, and it was it was really quite a negative word. So it was never of interest to me before. But then when I watched a film called Audrey Lord The Berlin Years, I realized that um, Audrey Lord had been in Berlin in like the, the 80s. And that uh, together with a lot of Afro-German women, um, they, they coined that term. So it's a very kind of homegrown term. So it's not a label that came from somewhere outside. It's not a label that was imposed, but I find it's a really organic term and I really like it. So I do think there's some issues around like being hyphenated and Afro and not fully German, all of that, but I still I still really like the term. Mm. And thinking about it from a British perspective, um, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and whilst some people do identify as black British, she was saying that if black people had chosen to try and use the term black English, that would have been quite problematic because I suppose in the same way that German identity is constructed, Englishness is really aligned with whiteness. So to say you're black English is a more jarring idea than black British because British is such a kind of mixture of things already that is things and isn't things so it's easier to align yourself in that way so I, I thought that was really interesting like if there was why didn't we choose to call ourselves black english and would we then experience similar things that people experience in other countries where um the dominant group kind of question their identity as being black and german or black and french um have you had experiences of people um in france or germany being like because you always hear the typical, where are you from, but where are you really from, where are you really, really from? Um, or have you generally been accepted as being able to hold both identities at the same time? I, I haven't. Um, so I feel very much that my identity is questioned when I go. So it's very different when I fly to Berlin or Hamburg, where some of my family is based. Because the minute I touch down there, I realise that people don't really see me as from there. Whereas when I fly back to London... Mm -hmm. I don't have that feeling at all. So I feel a lot more at home in London at the moment than I do in Germany. So mm -hmm. um, I was in, I mean, I did, I said this in my TED talk that I did recently, but I was in Oxford with a group of Germans and we were all German, we were all speaking German. Um, and one guy came up to me and he was like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, Berlin. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, 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 where are you really from? And I was like, Berlin. And he's like, no. Where are your parents <laughs> from? And I was like, oh, here we go. And then I was like, oh, my mom's Kenyan, my dad's German. He's like, oh, my flatmate's from Ghana. And I was like, oh, this is so... I was like, wow, people still do this. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, well, even like the other day, I flew to Hamburg. Um, oh, no, it was to Stuttgart, so south of Germany. And I landed and I wanted to get a coffee because I'd flown really early. And the, the guy selling the coffee... So I spoke to him in German. I was like, oh, could I please have a coffee? And he just refused to answer me in German. So it was as though there was some sort of like, I don't know, like block. Like he just didn't, it just didn't enter his head that I was actually speaking German. So he would just re repeatedly answer 
in English, really like bad English as well. And <laughs> I even went back away to like get some cash, came back, again spoke to him in German, and he just he just couldn't wrap his head around the fact that there was a black person. I understand we're at an we're at an airport, so you get a lot of you know different people. But I was like, I approached you speaking in German, so there's no reason for you to be speaking English. Mm. Um, so that was a really really interesting experience. Mm. Um, in France, uh, generally people will ask you automatically when you're or not white, like, mm -hmm. oh hi, what's your name? Oh, and where are you coming from? Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like. It's not really an offense, mm -hmm. once again, because I'm from Africa. Maybe mm -hmm. it's different from someone coming from Guadalupe, or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, because Guadalupe is French, so it would say, oh, I'm French. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, for instance, in the media, we, you, you see a lot, these people originate from Senegal, originate from Morocco, mm -hmm. but if it's a Spanish guy, they will not say, oh, this guy, Manuel Valls, for instance, he will say, Manuel Van Valls from Spain, from Madrid, I don't know. Mm. So it's it's strange in a way, but to me, it's not an offense because I don't look like you. So mm -hmm. if you are interested in where I'm from, why I've, I've got this color, and yes, mm -hmm. it, this is not a problem. And after the fact is, yeah, like when you said, my, my roommate is from Ghana, it's the same, say, I'm from Cameroon, oh, I love, I don't know, rice, oh, I, don't, I love <laughs> this, okay, and what's the point? So, or, yeah, there are all those little cliches that always tears, but to me, it's really not an offense to be asked, but it's, it could be an offense. You know what irritates me, just in mm -hmm. response to that, what irritates me is when people ask you, like, Fair enough. I sometimes ask them, especially if I'm in a like, really international environment. I went to international schools. So, yeah, it's like a natural thing to be like, oh, where are you from? Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. But I think what I find really irritating is when you give an answer and people are not happy with that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I find offensive. Or like if it's a, if it's just, for example, we, the example I gave about Oxford, so we are all German. Mm -hmm. We are all speaking German. Mm -hmm. It was just such an unnecessary question in that at that time mm -hmm. and I think that that's what irritates me when you're not satisfied mm -hmm. with like the evidence I have provided yeah I think maybe subconsciously for me sometimes that's why I answer in the way I do so if someone says where are you from oftentimes my first response is like what do you mean because sometimes I've gone into my long spiel of like I'm half this I'm half that <laughs> and they're like mm, I just meant what part of London you're from and I'm like oh okay <laughs> um but I think that on a subconscious level, the reason why I kind of say to people, well, I'm half um, Zimbabwe and I'm called Scottish, I'm called American, is to kind of show, well, my identity is complex. But maybe saying, I think because I was brought up with a real pride to be Zimbabwean and I was brought up by black Zimbabwean women, that I kind of really want to foreground that. But I, th I suppose maybe that also satisfies someone who wants to other you already. So, like, where are you from? Because I'm giving them kind of an answer that... Um, satisfies that I don't get a lot of comeback so maybe that's why I don't always find it as problematic when people are asking where are you from but sometimes just to be uh difficult if someone asks me that I will really be like oh no I'm British I'm English I'm like because yeah. sometimes it's just like well why are you asking me that and I know why you're asking that question so I think it it does depend who you're speaking to uh, to me, it's really strange now when uh -huh. I'm in England and people say, where are you coming? Um, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm French. Like, oh, my God, I'm not like this <laughs> Mary Bertin, you know. Like, yeah, I'm f I realize here in England that I'm French, but in France, I'm not. I'm mm. not because this is... And we have a lot of problematics with the identity, and I guess that there will be a lot of different comments, so I really talk for my own self and mm -hmm. not to represent any community, but 
Yeah, I feel like we all have those differences. How could someone not see that you're different from him? But he he is also so sometimes I will say, okay, I'm coming from Cameroon, and you, even if you're white, even if you're yeah. So yeah, because you can also have origins, and mm. we can share this. So. Yeah, yeah. I think what Germany is kind of having such difficulty grappling with is that not everybody who does not fit the stereotypical white German like archetype is ju had just moved there mm -hmm. you know some of us were born there some of us there's like there's been black people in germany since like the middle ages or mm. something so it's this whole idea of oh because you look different you must have just like come on the shores and it's like that's not how it works like some of us have have been here our families have been here and for then you to keep on doing that whole spiel of oh no where are you really from no no no, your family your ancestors, mm -hmm. da, da, da. Mm -hmm. and that's like but yeah i know where my family is from but if i want to identify as from Berlin or from Germany. Mm -hmm. Just let me do that. Like, why is that of such Problem. inconvenience to you? Yeah, totally. Do you see there being a growing awareness of black identities across Europe, a pan black European identity as such? Now, I don't think it exists yet, but I do think it's a really useful term and I, I seek solace in it. Um, having a communal sense of black identities across Europe and the commonalities of experience is something I really seek refuge in. So whilst Europe as a whole is represented as quite a white space, it's nice to know that in other parts of the continent, there have been and continue to be black people in those spaces, living their lives and being in those societies. And linking to what you were saying just before, so German people have been in, um, black people have been in Germany historically. Do you think that, in terms of people taking on board or being more aware of black identities in Europe, that there's, it's important to know the histories of those communities. Oh, for sure. I, because I think you can't, really, you can't really battle the numbers, right? If I tell you in 1800, whatever, mm -hmm. there was, I'm not sure, but like an X amount of black Germans mm -hmm. in Germany, you, what are you going to say? You can't mm. combat that. You can't be like, no, they're all, they all just got here. Mm. We've all been white always. You, you can't really... You can't really uh, combat that at all. And I think what you were saying about the uh, pan-European black identity, I think that's really interesting and something I'm trying to look at at the moment. So there's that whole idea of being Afro-pan. Mm -hmm. And I haven't looked at the concept enough, but I find it really interesting because I feel like often we have terms and spaces, even though I identify as a black feminist, I think sometimes black feminist spaces don't cater to all women of uh, all experiences of women of color. So obviously some of us are mixed, some of us are, you know, of African ancestry, others are of South Asian ancestry. So I think sometimes that can be quite contested in black feminist spaces, but mm -hmm. I feel like Afropean is a lot more inclusive term for black people in Europe. Mm. So I think that accommodates mixed race people, it accommodates people who's, uh, where both parents are of African ancestry. And I think it's a really interesting and kind of contemporary way to reshape, yeah, like black identity in Europe. Mm. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting. I don't have a clear view on this, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I see is that thanks to like social media and stuff like this, mm -hmm. like you are doing, there are much and much and more initiatives. So mm -hmm. I hope that people will just work together. But the fact is that being a European, uh, I'm a European because I can travel from a country to another and not having like uh, not needing a visa. Mm -hmm. Like, am I really European? Am I French? And it's a lot of identities like to to think about. So, mm -hmm. m to me, before becoming like a, 
an Afro-European or pan who are being part of the pan-European community, I think mm -hmm. that the problems in the community that I am coming from, mm -hmm. I'm in France, should first be dealt. And like I told you, there is a real problematic of the French black identity or maybe mm -hmm. French Arabic identity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there have been so many problems this year in the beginning of the year with Charlie Hebdo stuff and there mm -hmm. are a lot of subjects we didn't talk about mm -hmm. because those guys who grew up, who were born in France, mm -hmm. how do they relate to Daesh and stuff? It, they should be focused on their country. So it's good to have this pan-European vision, but mm. I think that first we should like, uh, deal with the, the problematics in our own mm. countries. And, and I agree with that, I think. But also on top of that, maybe... I'm not saying something like this would prevent something like Charlie Hebdo happening, but um, black communities within certain European countries that may feel very isolated and may feel like we are the only ones. I feel like them knowing that there are other groups of black people in other European countries that are fighting similar struggles. I feel like that's where the help or assistance or just acknowledgement that knowing there are other people feeling something similar to you might come from. But of course you do have to work with your problems at home first and foremost. I don't know, maybe this whole Afropean thing is something that c in the future could evolve when more people start to identify with. I think I think it's something that's really nice because I think it's also a term that doesn't really make you choose. Mm -hmm. So whether you, if you want to identify, so say I have, my mother's Kenyan, my dad's German. If I want to identify with both of those parts, obviously Afropean, you know, conflates like both continents. Mm -hmm. But it is like a nice way to just acknowledge both mm. because to just be like, I'm German. Yeah, I, I am German for mm. sure. But there's also a little bit more to that. It's not that simple. Mm -hmm. And how can I voice that Afro-German, obviously, but I always see like Afro-German as like a smaller part of the bigger Afropean picture. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be really interesting to kind of develop this like overarching identity mm which would also, I know this comes up later as well, but just to, also just, it's like such a drastic shift away from centering the states. Mm. So this is, because I don't think the states is always that helpful to use as a framework. Mm. So to actually ground like the theory, the praxis, all of that Afropean identity in Europe, mm -hmm. I think would be, would be amazing mm. because it would be so relevant to our experience here and it would just completely like decenter the, the American focus that a lot of research has at the moment. Mm. So whilst I have a lot of respect for African-American history and culture, I do feel that it can be a little dominating of the quote-unquote black experience. The problem being that it gives the impression that black people outside of the US, not counting Africa, um, are an anomaly. How do you relate to African-Americanness and how do you think we can coexist in a way that respects the particularity of our experiences? Uh, to me, it's a really interesting question because um, I grew up, I don't know if, we, if it's the same for you, but mm -hmm. I grew up with TV and TV shows and all the black people that were on TV were Americans. So in my representation of black people and our like destiny, it was like all about this 
this community, which was doing apparently well mm -hmm. back in the days when mm -hmm. I was young and, and, and like totally an angel and not caring <laughs> about the political issues. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up with this image of people believing in their dream and accomplishing uh, their dream in a white world. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Unfortunately, when you grew up, you realize that this is not the reality. And it's true that even in France, like the black American, I stayed like a figure, the representation of success of uh, the guy who can do it. But mm. the African French is the cliche are totally different. He's lazy. It's mm. like this, it's like this, like this. So, yeah, the American image has always been so legitimate. Mm. And personally, I think this is the way I, I developed this passion or this attraction for um, like Anglo-Saxon cultures, but black American cultures. And this mm -hmm. is probably what took me to London mm. because at first I was like, no, I don't want to go to London. I want to go to the U.S. My father was living in the, the U.S. actually. Uh -huh. He was living in Houston. So I was like, no, I want to go there. Okay. Uh, London is two hours away, but I'm not interesting. To me, it's like living in Paris. It's only the language which which is going to be different. Mm -hmm. I know that in in the U.S., like the the the, um, the American, they have a community. They have mm -hmm. like they're the legitimate. Even if they have social e uh, racial issue, they do stuff together, mm -hmm. which we don't in France. Like mm -hmm. we have all, all our shops. When you go and buy food, it's not an African who's going to send sell you plantain. It's going to be a guy from Pakistan or someone from China. And mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's. It's true that this American image is like just um, having all the people completely blind. It's like if you are American, you can do it. And if you're not, you're just a black person. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, I, if it's clear, if I'm clear. Yeah. It's funny because when an American black person comes to France, is respected, mm. is acknowledged. Mm. And it's not the same for, the, for a local black French person. Mm. So there is a real difference. Mm. I, mm. I, think, you, I think America is a really good entry point or African-American um, research, everything around that, I think is a really good entry point. So I developed like my black consciousness in the States when I went there when I was 16 because, yeah, I thought that's where black people were, to be honest. I was like mm. 16, I was tired of Germany. I was like, oh, sure, I'll just go to the States and find them there. And then that was a really life-changing experience because it was really racist place in the South where it was. And it was really interesting about what blackness was. It was kind of one dimensional and I was aspiring to that. And then it's only like when I came to London that I started to unpick all of that. But then even when I started getting into black feminism, what did I start with? I started with um, Angela Davis, mm -hmm. Audrey Lord, and all of these uh, black feminists from the States. And they were an amazing entry point. I mean, they're, they're great to read. But then what I realized is that not all of it applies to me. And that's where I think then for me it stopped. So I love Woodrow Lord. I'm her biggest fan. And I love her poetry. I love her essays. But you just learn to kind of pick and choose what mm -hmm. applies. And then you learn to diversify your research to see what actually makes sense for you. Mm. And I think that's really important to not always get stuck with like the go-to five black feminists, for example, but to look at who else has done work on this, who else in Europe, who else in Germany, in France, in the UK, and to put those those names at the forefront as well. Mm. And sorry, no, go ahead. Mm. No, it, it, because these they have like um, good initiatives in the US. I don't know how I have access to this, but I will talk about this movement, which is called like Black Girls Rock. Uh huh. Yeah. 
never heard such a thing in France. It probably exists mm -hmm. I, because I see a lot of, of girls gathering around hair, around beauty topics, identity or whatever, but there is no resonance. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I feel like sometimes in our, in our European countries, or maybe just for France, sorry, in France, um, like if you want to do the stuff, if you want to be like uh, credible, taking seriously, you will need to refer to someone which is not necessarily from the community. This is what I was saying before that it's hard to do stuff just between ourselves. To me, in France, I have don't have a good, great knowledge, but I feel like it's hard to do stuff between ourselves. When in the U.S., like I don't know how, but it seems easy, like it seems they get together because they all have the same history. It's maybe because in France we're coming from different countries, different histories, like mm -hmm. between immigration and between uh, colonialism mm -hmm. and slavery. And mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe this is a point. Um, in the US, they all come from the same line, I don't know. And in Europe, people are more coming from immigration or... Yeah, I think definitely there is a sense of um, one, there being such a large African-American community in the US that there's a bigger pool of people to group together under and also that there's a large shared history, a deeply problematic history of slavery. But I suppose that kind of... And I think also being in a far more overtly racist society means that you are forced to group together because who else is going to have your back um and this i suppose this creates uh groups where you know you have the whole massive black lives matter movement where black people in that context are really coming together because they have to and i think that's absolutely amazing but i think in contrast um in from a british perspective i'd argue there as you say there are different we've got such different histories my family is in Barb when they came over at a certain period they're more recent migrants you might be Kenyan, you might be west indian you might be anything and trying to see a commonality between all of that is sometimes problematic i think for me in terms of the centering of african-americanness it's it's my frustration that sometimes i get the sense that there isn't awareness of us by African-Americans. So they, I remember when I went to the US and someone heard my accent and they were like, oh, they're, they're black people in England. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, like, um, and just this total unawareness that we exist kind of thing, but we very much know about them. Yeah. And, and this all ties into an overarching dominance of America in general, not just the Americanization of the world. So accordingly, the black group within that are going to be dominant. But I, I don't know, sometimes as someone who has a lot of respect for African-American history and culture, I do also feel attention in terms of, well, that's really great and I respect that. But also we have a different history. We have... Um, we have our stories and they're valid too and we need to have space for that and you need to be open to hearing about us too. I feel like it needs to be more of a dialogue um, than just hearing it one way. Sorry, to me mm. there is a huge difference between uh, us all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we don't, we don't need to share them mm -hmm. but we, they don't have to give us anything to me. Like okay. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah. But there is there is Feminista Jones who's trying to actually make like yeah. an active effort to connect 
with other black women in particular mm -hmm. outside the US. So that's why we were able to feature an interview uh, with her on our In Our Woman Collective because I thought that would be impossible. I was like, she's never even got to like, answer <laughs> our emails. But then she was like, oh, no, I'm actually really actively trying to to connect with other black people outside the States because I know they're out there mm. and it's so important. And I also do think that our histories are separate, but I also think it's important to acknowledge where they interact. Mm -hmm. So, for example, obviously black people in Germany would have organized and have been organizing without Audre Lorde, mm. but she came over and she, because there's so much more like overt racism in the States, she was able to say things that I think people were quite afraid of voicing because yeah. you're afraid that people are going to be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no racism in Germany. We had World War II and we like learned out of that. And mm. it's not really like that. So I think for her to have come over, to have like actively sought out black German women, put them together in a space and was like, talk, mm. <laughs> was, was quite revolutionary. And I think even the fact that she was in Germany so often made her learned things that they, she then took back to the States. It, she brought stuff from the States over. And it's just also so beautiful to kind of see how we can learn from each other, but still respect our different histories or her stories or whatever you want to mm. call it. Yeah, totally. And I think also some of my African-American friends, so people who have moved here, it's interesting seeing them being in this context, having to grapple a little bit with their identity. I, I mean, I had a few friends that, I think they assumed that it would be fairly easy to slot into British society and weren't aware of, I don't know, how the subtleties of racism in this context or understanding. Um, I know I had a few African-American friends who, like we're talking about terminology, were questioned on their identity, but by black people. So someone saying to them, where are you from? They're like, I'm American. And a black person being like, but but where are you from really kind of thing. So, and that real frustration of, well, I can't tell you specifically where I'm from because I have a history of slavery in my family and that whole um, difficulty. So it's interesting when you, you, you see African-Americans in this context having to kind of reconstitute their thinking of themselves. But I think they probably go back home with a, a wider understanding of black identity outside of the US, which is definitely very helpful. I remember I spent like a summer in Cameroon because when I, I was a kid, I was used to go to Cameroon each summer mm -hmm. because my, my, my parents were staying there. And we welcomed this group of young Americans who made this travel. So we had a, a girl, she was, sorry, mixed. She was, <laughs> she was mixed, so she came home and yes, she was looking for something. She was looking like, where, I'm where am I coming from? Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised, like wondering how, how does she relate to the Cameroon now she's mm -hmm. in? And yeah, it, it was a beautiful exchange. At the same time, she wasn't us, but mm -hmm. she was trying to be with us, not like us, but with us, feel it like in her blood. I don't know if it makes sense, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was interesting. But I was young, so <laughs> you know, I, did, I didn't really explore the stuff. But for instance, also the question to the American people, so where are you coming from? Do you know where you're coming from? Mm -hmm. And I always I already asked this to someone, so yeah, it's yeah. it's so yeah, it's so strange. But it's the same with the British. Mm -hmm. Now it's the fir first time I met uh, someone from Germany or so. So yeah, we all have like same questions mm -hmm. inside of us, but all different stories. So like I said, just we should just share. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. 
And you know what, what I think is also really interesting is what you were just saying that your African-American friends were questioned by other black people. So mm. I had that experience at SOAS. It was um, a society, I'm not quite sure what it was called, but it was like a lot of black people there and it was, um, they were doing this game of, um, you know, you had, they, hold up, they held up a card and then you had to agree yes, no, maybe, mm -hmm. and stand like in different corners of the room. And one of the cards was all black people are from Africa. And there was this African-American girl and she said no. And what I thought was really interesting is that then gender played into it because all the men were suddenly on her case being like, no, you're from Africa. You need to acknowledge your roots. Da -da -da -da. And she, she was like, but I don't feel like I'm from Africa. She was like, I have been in the States for decades. My family has been there for, for such a long time. Mm. I don't have any sort of relationship. So I think it's always also really interesting how we sometimes maybe also try to force like one homogenous experience on ourselves, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily always from the outside. And then obviously it's also interesting to look at how gender plays into it. Then look at the history of liberation movements, how gender played out there. And I just, that just really stuck with me since like first year that this like girl who was like on an exchange year <laughs> was just like hammered by all these like guys being like, no, you are from African, you are African, you must identify as African. And she was just, she was, they were just not listening to her being like, no, I, I want to identify as African-American. Why can't I? Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I think, I mean, Germany lost its colonies quite early on. And it's mm -hmm. such a hush hush thing that Germany even had colonies. Like if you tell people, they're like, what? Um, so it's always really difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around like German colonialism because you know that never features on your curriculum like in high school colonialism that's something that like the British did the mm -hmm. French did but never ever do you hear about the fact that you know well, Germany was out there too and they lost and Hitler was trying to you know like regain the colonies and all of mm -hmm. that you you don't hear about that and on top of that you don't hear about the whole because when I was doing research into African yeah. German history and the whole Herrera genocide and yeah exactly it doesn't Namibia, feature South like these people were killed and the 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 techniques that they used on the ground in then southwest africa was what they used in the holocaust this was a testing ground the colony was often a testing ground so yeah that that's i mean that's horrible but for me at my stage in my research it's really difficult to like wrap your head around that i'm sure that there is some sort of link the way you know colonialism was done and the way like black people in germany were received or were received but i can't really comment on that because mm -hmm. I haven't really read much about it so I'd, I'd love to look into that more because I think I think it's such it's, it's so embarrassing that Germany is just always pointing fingers oh there's so much racism in the states oh you know the mm -hmm. British were were colonialists and so awful so were the French but you never like acknowledge anything in your own country so even you know after the second world war Afro-Germans weren't entitled to any compensation mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a really weird country in terms of what it acknowledges and what it chooses to just kind of make it disappear. And I, I also think in the Afro-German context or the German context that I get, I, I imagine that that country having been forced to deal with what it did in the Holocaust and what it did to Jewish people, that there may be a reluctance to delving any deeper. But I think the thing is also, it's, it's so interesting because even if you talk about like, who was um, who was a victim in the in the Holocaust? You hear about different groups. So you'll hear obviously the Jews. You'll hear about disabled people. You'll hear about um, gays and lesbians. But just like the fact, like black people, just never feature. Mm. 
And it's just like, why why don't we even just get the mention? Like, yeah, why, yeah, why can't you even, even yeah. if you don't want to talk about it, yeah. why are we not, why don't we even get a mention? Yeah. An asterisk, anything? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like either, and that's why I'm not surprised that like white Germans are like, but you've never been here. Like you must have just come mm. because where have you been? Mm. Never seen you in my history book. Mm. Who are you? Mm. I don't know. And that it's just, I just think that's so fascinating. Like, mm. and I think that what Germany has kind of done, and I was talking about this with someone just the other day, is I find the whole way that it addresses the Holocaust in education is very much like a tick box exercise. So I do think that there's genuine efforts to acknowledge it and to like overcome it. But I think for you to talk about the genocide and Holocaust since fifth grade and for us to still be dealing mm -hmm. with, you know, issues of migration and religious difference the way we are at this point, it hasn't entered people's minds. So you need to rethink the way you teach because we, I mean, it's like, it's literally like nothing went in. Mm. So we still have people coming out being like, oh, all black people just need to relocate to where their ancestors came from. And it's like, but... How can you even say that with the history that you've been taught, with the history that this country has experienced? And that's just madness to me. I think Germany has a lot of, like, yeah, just looking into history, acknowledgement, apologizing, mm. working through things. It has a lot of stuff to do, I think. And just on that point for any yeah. of our listeners, so a lot of people don't know this, but in terms of Afro-German history, during the Holocaust, a lot of mixed German people were sterilized exactly and this is like a huge part of that history that kind of goes unnoticed so exactly if you want to know more read up on it it happened um but for, for you in terms of uh, france what do you think um to me uh there is like a love and hate relationship between france and africa mm -hmm. um Colonial, colonialism has been something huge, as we know. Mm -hmm. So people moved to France, and a lot of people, for instance, moved to France because they needed to rebuild the country. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of uh, people from uh, North Africa, but also mm -hmm. people from uh, Africa. So why aren't we legitimate when mm -hmm. actually we can contribute to rebuild the country? Mm -hmm. So these are some questions that I'm wondering sometimes because we have really long-term relationship. Even Senegalese people were going to the, the war. They mm. were like put on the front line, like we need each other. Um, I remember that under Chirac, Jacques Chirac, it was a little long time ago before Sarkozy, he was in love apparently with Africa. So for instance, he built a huge museum in Paris where you have all the arts from different countries and especially from Africa. So um, they call this the France-Afrique, so mm -hmm. France-Africa. Mm -hmm. And what pisses me off really about this situation, it's history, it's fine. Uh, the presidents have apparently like close relationships, but people say that they are like, um, I, I don't know, like they, they just use them as a toy. Mm -hmm. They don't they, they are under their influ influence. So French president let their population die, mm -hmm. but are like in a really good uh, relationship with France. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that there is a, um, a relationship which, which is unfair because to me, we, we don't need this help anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be like the kids of uh, France anymore. And mm -hmm. when I say we, I say we the Africans. Mm -hmm. So this is a really strange relationship to me. So, have you travelled to other European countries and what were your experiences like there? So, in terms of thinking of um, maybe a more Pam or an Afropean identity, I remember being, when I was very little, we lived in the Netherlands for a little while, and I remember um, 
in Amsterdam, it felt like quite a free society and how they related to children. I have some of my like most positive mem- memories from my childhood there, actually. Um, but being very weirded out by the blacked up people I'd see who'd throw sweets at us on the Christmas parade. Now being older, I know that it was the controversial, controversial tradition of Schwarze Piet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And there are numerous campaigns to have it banned as it perpetuates racist stereotypes. And so I wonder what experiences have you had outside of the UK or your respective European countries as a black woman? Um, so I actually don't remember really having like any negative experiences traveling. Um, so I've been to a couple like or loads of other European countries, um, Sweden, Spain, Portugal, uh, Austria, everywhere. But I don't really remember having like negative experiences. I think for me, the difference between Germany and England is really mm-hmm. important. So for me, London has become like a different home. So I don't have to have that anxiety of or. Oh, People are not going to speak to me in the language I want to speak to them to, or people mm-hmm. are going to constantly question where I'm from, or people are going to think I'm my niece's nanny, or mm-hmm. all of these really like irritating things because my niece is white. Um, so I often get like weird looks if I walk around with my white family, and all of that's not on my mind here. Um, of course, obviously, that also makes it, it's also easier because I don't have any family here, so I don't actually experience. I don't know if people actually experience similar things if they walk around with. Um, white family and they're the only person of color but um i mean racism is alive and kicking here as well but it's been like really nice to be here obviously i've been very confined to london Mm -hmm. so that's where my experience is coming from so i've heard that if you move a little bit out it can get quite different as well but um yeah i haven't i often hear about negative experiences from other people when they go traveling not just in europe but generally but i think i've been quite lucky Oh, sorry, in Europe. No, I don't have a really specific experience. Outside, outside of one experience that happened, was in the, it was in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my friend and we were walking in the streets and I was wearing my hair like with a big Afro shop. And, mm-hmm. and then there was this group of people who had probably never seen a black person in their whole life and they mm-hmm. came to me, can we touch? You know, mm-hmm. like we don't like it, but it was like kind of... Beautiful because it w- they were really like surprised and were like, "Oh, it's beautiful!" and and this happened, and I think it will never happen nowhere else. Mm-hmm. We went. I went to Morocco. I was with my boyfriend at the at the at this time. It was black guy. Mm-hmm. We f- we could feel that we were not like really treated at the same cli- as this, the same way as the other clients. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes. But I don't know if it's about us or it's a reality, but sometimes you can feel in some way that, okay, people are going to neglect the service or look at you like, oh, it's a luxury restaurant. What are you doing here? Mm. So this probably happened in different trips, but no, I have no specific bad or good experience about. But now being in London, what I like is that I, I feel like, which is different, what is different from France is that in France, I'm carrying a lot of cliché on my on my shoulders. Like I'm probably coming from the suburbs, probably talking a really bad French. Uh, probably I don't know, have like ten brothers and sisters, which is not the case. Mm. And when I'm in London, like you said, maybe because I'm like nothing but an individual. I I I just need to be me, and mm. I don't care where I am or who. Uh, and I and this is what I love about this city is that I feel like people are a little bit more 
free f um, from others look mm -hmm. uh, they don't look at each other they don't try to analyze or to criticize or this is what I feel a little bit more freedom here mm -hmm. but to be honest like I'm looking for a role at the moment and I'm having meetings and sometimes I don't know if it's probably my black French attitude but I'm like apprehensive are they going to judge me mm -hmm. or am I going like the group the, the black one in the group and they are going to say oh no this one so because I always tell my I always tell myself that it's never good to be black and the blacker you are the better it is wherever you are whether you are from India from Brazil from all those those, those countries where there are black identities mm -hmm. part of you know we were born there and were part of the history mm -hmm. I feel like the darker your skin is the worse it's going to be mm -hmm. so sometimes I, I'm a little bit apprehensive of that here in London but I really feel that people are like, I don't know, more open-minded. Uh, mm. They don't try to identify or to put you like in a box and say, okay, you are French, you this, that, that. And mm. I was, yeah, they say that, yes, I'm French, so I'm rude, et cetera. Yes. Mm. And, I'm and I am for real, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to justify my origins. I don't, I'm not carrying the cliche that, oh, she must be lazy or she must be a drama queen or, mm. but I, I, I don't know, it's all new to me, but I mm. feel just a little bit more free about all the, the those cliche that we have in France. Also, I think people here accept, like, if I say I'm, I'm from Berlin, people are like, oh, okay. And then what comes with it? Like, a lot of my friends would, like, make jokes about, oh, you must be really punctual because you're German. And that's, like, an assumption that comes with all Germans. That's not mm -hmm. particular to, to black Germans, Afro-Germans. That's just a, a stereotype of all Germans, and that's, like, really refreshing. So it's not like, oh, she, that we're going to take her out of all of those. Um, stereotypes because she's obviously not really German, but it's just like, nah, she must, she's probably really punctual mm -hmm. because she is German, period. Mm -hmm. And there's not all of this like trying yeah. to dissect you into all the different drawers that you were just talking about. So mm -hmm. that's that's really refreshing. And this is funny to, to, to see how much the black um, cliche or stereotypes or adjectives are always like super negative. Like when you talk about Asian people are, oh, they work a lot, they are super clever, and when it comes to us, it's like, oh, they are, oh, yeah, they're lazy, they're, they're always late, they're always this, and, and I think that this, it works on, it works on you, like, it, it, it creates, you referred, you refer to this uh, statement, you know, mm -hmm. so, and here, like, it's, no, it's like, be who you are, mm -hmm. we don't care if you're black, Chinese, or Spanish or German or whatsoever, be who you are. Mm. And that's what I feel here. Mm. Uh, and yeah. I agree. I think it also depends on your your base point as well. So if you're coming from a different society, say for you, like maybe coming here, like, oh God, London is really accepting. But I think also as a person of colour in this context, there's still things that happen that I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah no, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But I, I am aware that when I've been abroad on holiday and I come home, I often feel like, oh gosh, I really... I really like London or I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be home. It does feel very much like home and that you kind of can be quite different in this space and it's okay. Um, so I'm just wondering, does anyone have anything more that they're burning to say around um, their identity or blackness in Europe? And if not, that's fine as well. I, I wanted, really wanted to discuss about, um, like I told you, mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about London. And the fact is that the people are, I am meeting are mostly coming from other countries. So we all, a lot, we create kind of a community of foreigners in London. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in London, there are still a big, um, like people, 
getting together are generally mm -hmm. from the same. I saw a lot of groups and of, I would say, I saw a lot of group, group like I told you, of, you don't have to record it necessarily, but mm -hmm. I saw a lot of groups of black girls, Indian girls, white girls, and mm -hmm. they don't really mix. Is it like, mm. is there something here with, we call it communitarism? I don't know in terms of that term. Um, it really depends. So, for instance, growing up, I went to a school. Uh, there are black girls, white girls, Asian girls. Um, I... It was weird because the black girl group actually didn't consist of just black girls. It was... Blackness were... Well, I suppose it was like Turkish Cypriot, white working class, black British that were conforming to a certain idea of what legitimate black identity was. So you had to be street. You kind of had to have like a, a Caribbean twang. Like these were the things that made you, didn't make you black, but that was the cool group. Um, so for me, and I didn't really fit in that. I was born in Cambridge. I'm quite well-spoken. I'm not going to fit in the street black girl group. Um, I think it really depends on the school. Uh, yeah, so it's more the social, like it's more the social, um, the social position that you have, like mm. if you, the type of family you are issue, you come from, and stuff like this, rather than your color or. It can be, but I also, I mean, like going to university, I really embraced, like I became the vice president of the African Caribbean Society. I wanted to be part of the, not the quote unquote black group, but like it was refreshing to be in a space with other. Um, black people that I don't know wanted to work and weren't conforming to this idea of street black identity so I really sought out that um, black space and I think I do actively now seek out black spaces just because a lot of my time is spent in very white dominant spaces where I feel like I can't really talk about certain elements of my identity um, so I am in a lot of white spaces and being the only person of color in there, but then I do, to counter that, because I think that can be quite a difficult space to be in, I do seek out black spaces. And that may be like what you're observing when you're seeing black girls together, Asian girls together. I, I don't think it's always necessarily a, a bad thing if people want to hang around with people that they're like. But no, what about you, Ella? Um, I, I think I really identify with what you were saying. So I actively seek out um black spaces just because I think it's quite refreshing mm. so um I don't know there was a bigger there was a bit of a debate about like you know should you kind of go away to your like little subgroup and like be there and talk and and I think yeah as long as you like come back out of it at one mm. point I think there's nothing wrong with going away if you are um LGBT and you want to hang out with other LGBT people do mm. that if mm. you're black or within that African, African, American, whatever you want to do, mm. want to go hang out and talk about issues, go do that. Mm. As long as then when it, you know, comes back to kind of fighting for liberation, we all kind of maybe come back together. But I do think that there's things, you know, if, if we're all women and, um, you know, you're talking about different issues that are particular maybe to, you know, your female experience um, and a guy comes in, you're going to alter the conversation. It's not, not going to continue in the same way. Mm. Same, with if it, same with if it's a group of black people and a white person comes in, the uh, conversation is going to change and you automatically center that that person is kind of not like disrupted that dynamic mm. and I think like we need to move away from that always like you know trying to accommodate mm. like other 
how to best say it, but always to accommodate, you know, the men in an all-female space or mm. the white in an all-black space. And I think it's it's okay to sometimes just talk amongst yourself, whatever yourself mm. like means in that context. And I think even in the context of this podcast series, it's a very intentional it's between ourselves, it's between black women. There's certain conversations that happen that wouldn't happen in a, another group with a different dynamic. So I really do think there is an importance to having safe spaces yeah. where um, people who share similar backgrounds can discuss things pertinent to them.